Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. The Memphis live stream shooter holds the entire city in a grip of fear, gunning down one victim after the next at random the entire time live streaming his murder rampage. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. First of all, take a listen to our friends at WREG. Police were on the lookout for a gunman who would just appear to be traveling across the city mm-hmm. in a car, randomly shooting people and occasionally stopping to change that car for another vehicle, carjack someone, shoot them, and then move on their way. This started off in Frazier at an auto zone where we saw the suspect on Facebook Live calmly walk into that auto zone, raise his revolver, and then shoot someone who he encountered as he first walked in. Then he apparently got into that vehicle. Police believe he went to I-240 at the Millennium Market where he apparently shot someone just at the gas pumps. Mm -hmm. Someone who was just there to get gasoline. So someone who had just walked into the auto parts store for auto parts at AutoZone, now someone's just getting gas. And then a a random woman apparently who he saw on I-240. She's in the hospital, we're told, in critical condition. And then he needed a new vehicle, so he decides to carjack someone at Poplar and Evergreen Green shoots that person who's live and their family's life has forever changed, makes his way perhaps into South Haven where he carjacks someone at a raceway. That's how it all starts. What we know right now, seven people have been shot. Uh, take a listen to Police Director Cyril and C.J. Davis. Listen. On September 7th, 2022, at 12.56 a.m., officers responded to a shooting in the 3100 block of Lindale Avenue. Officers located a male victim in the driveway. The male was pronounced deceased on the scene. The homicide suspect was known as Zeke Huncho. He was later identified as Ezekiel Kelly, 19 years old. At 4.38 p.m., officers responded to a shooting in the 900 block of South Parkway East. Officers located a male victim in his vehicle with multiple gunshot wounds. He was pronounced deceased on the scene. Video surveillance at the business revealed a black male pulled up next to the victim in a gray sedan. The suspect fired multiple shots and fled south on College Street. At 4.40 p.m., officers responded to a shooting at Norris Road and Interstate 240. Officers located a female victim with a gunshot wound. The suspect fled in a dark color sedan eastbound on Norris Road. We are bringing the very latest on the, as he is being called, the live stream killer out of Memphis. Joining me in All-Star Panel, but first I want to go to special guest joining us, Jonathan Seary, Fox News correspondent. You can find him at Twitter, at Jonathan Seary. Jonathan, thank you for being with us. How did the whole thing start? Well, it started... Early Wednesday morning, around 1 a.m., they found the body of a 24-year-old man. He had been shot and killed in his driveway. And at the time, police just assumed this was an isolated incident, a a singular homicide. Hey, Jonathan, you said the first victim that we know of was shot in his driveway, correct? Correct, yes. Okay, go ahead. And so police thought that this was an isolated incident. Things were relatively quiet until you had all of those other shootings unfolding in the late afternoon. And it was that live stream 
where the gunman went into the auto zone that some concerned viewers watching that live stream called police and they were able to link the man in that video to the suspect that they had in the original shooting. And that's when police thought to themselves, we got a serial killer. Hey, Jonathan, Siri, I'm really curious. So the first shooting was in the AM, correct? It, it was. It, it was around 1 a.m. Uh-huh. Wednesday morning. 1 a.m. And that is a guy in his driveway. What part of town? All of these shootings took place in, in different parts of of the city. It was That's just- all I needed to know right there, Jonathan. I was trying to figure out if the shootings are isolated to one area, but this guy is in a vehicle going everywhere. Yeah, they took place all over, just like police believe his victims were randomly selected. It oh. appears the place where they occurred were all over town, and so people were terrified. Okay, hold on, Jonathan Siri. This is reminding me so much of the D.C. sniper. At that time, I was living in New York and going back and forth to D.C., working with Larry King, uh, and every time I got off the airplane and stepped out at the airport to grab a cab to get down to Larry King's studios and then get back out of the cab, I was thinking, you know, Who's next? Is it me? Is it the cab driver? Because the victims were at random. The locations were at random. He had no idea what was going to happen next. So you got the guy in the driveway around 1 a.m. And I was thinking about this guy in an auto zone. And the reason I'm thinking about him, Jonathan Siri, Jonathan joining us, uh, Fox News correspondent. The reason I think about the AutoZone guy is because it's so drastically different MO, modus operandi, method of operation wise than shooting somebody in their driveway or a drive-by shooting. He actually, doesn't he get out of the car and h- how does the AutoZone, AutoZone shooting go down? So he's streaming on Facebook Live, making all of these angry comments and you see him just walking up. It's like a, a point of view. Sometimes you see his face. Sometimes you see his point of view. He opens the door, lifts his handgun, and uh, you you see a, a man with a frightened look on his face in, in the distance. Oh. And he opens fire, and you, you hear the gunshots, and, and this man was critically injured. I'm just thinking about a guy. My nephew put himself through college the whole year, four years, working at AutoZone, all kind of crazy. Morning, late night hours, doing anything they asked him to do. And here's a guy just minding his own business, working at AutoZone. And in comes the live stream Memphis Killer. Guys, take a listen again to the police director, C.J. Davis, our cut five. At 5.59, officers responded to a shooting in the 4,000 block of Jackson Avenue. Ezekiel Kelly was on Facebook Live when he opened fire inside the store. Officers located a male with a gunshot wound. He was transported to the hospital in critical condition. At 6.12 p.m., we received information from a concerned citizen that suspect was on Zeke Huncho's Facebook Live stating that he was threatening to cause harm to citizens. At this time, the Memphis Police Department launched a citywide search for the assailant. And they are blasting it out on social media as well. The entire city in a grip of fear with a random 
shooter gunning people down and live streaming it as it happens. We go from North Street and Jackson Avenue to Poplar Avenue in North Evergreen there in Memphis. Take a listen. At 7.23 p.m., officers responded to a shooting at Poplar Avenue in North Evergreen. A female who had been shot was located on the scene. The suspect took the victim's vehicle, a gray SUV, and fled the scene. At 7.24, officers responded to a shooting at Poplar Avenue and North McLean Boulevard. A male victim who had been shot was located and transported to the hospital, non-critical. At 8.55 p.m., officers responded to the 800 block of West Rains regarding a shooting. Officers located one female victim on the scene with gunshot wounds. She was pronounced deceased on the scene. stories with Nancy Grace. To Dr. Angela Arnold, renowned psychiatrist, joining us out of the Atlanta jurisdiction at AngelaArnoldMD.com. Dr. Angie, this is your town, Memphis. Where are these places? What the hey is going on in Memphis? Well, I'll tell you, I don't know, Nancy. My husband and I have been talking about this all morning. Um, I will tell you that between Frazier is not close to Poplar and McLean. Okay? Frazier is like an outlier in Memphis. It's 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 sort of what you would consider a suburb. And then Poplar and McLean gets you closer to the to the inside to like Midtown Memphis. Okay, so this guy was traveling around. That, that's what the- I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted yes. to hear. So none of these victims, it seems like, are connected in any way. Back to Jonathan Siri, Fox News correspondent, joining us. The victims don't know each other. We don't think they are connected to the shooter. And they're all over Memphis, including out in the suburbs. Is that correct, Jonathan Siri? That's correct. They were all over. And that's why police put out that alert telling people to stay in their homes. And if they were already out to shelter in place. And and people were frightened in the Midtown Restaurant District, people eating on outdoor patios, the restaurant staff. Oh, yeah, I'd leave that cheeseburger on the plate and get the hay out of there, Jonathan Siri. Exactly. Uh, uh, hey, Daryl Cohen joining me, um, high-profile lawyer in the Atlanta jurisdiction, former prosecutor. Daryl Cohen, the last time I recall this happening was when the Fulton County Courthouse shooter escaped and the APD were blasting it. Everybody go in. Everybody get off the street. This guy uh, is out. And as it turned out, at the time they were blasting, he was about three blocks away from where I was. I had just flown down from New York at that time. And this guy was wandering around, took a woman hostage. You remember that, Daryl Cohen? I remember when he took the hostage. I remember when he killed a customs officer in the Tony part of Atlanta. I remember a... Judge, my court reporter, and my judge Roland Barnes, and many others. Yeah, yeah, and that's, I remember it well. That is so scary when it goes out. Uh, uh, social media, radio, TV, get inside and stay inside because the cops can't figure out any pattern, any methodology of what the live stream Memphis killer is doing. Take a listen now to Joe Bryan, ABC. 
19-year-old Ezekiel Kelly is accused of driving around the city, shooting and killing four people, wounding three others, all while streaming the violence on Facebook Live. In a Facebook video that's now been removed, the suspect was reportedly seen walking into an auto parts store and opening fire. Police saying the spree lasted more than two hours, spanning eight different crime scenes. Police say Kelly later stole a car at gunpoint, the massive manhunt paralyzing Memphis into the evening. Residents urged to stay home, bus service was suspended, and a minor league baseball game placed on lockdown. Police say this all began around 1 a.m. Wednesday, where Kelly is accused of shooting and killing a man in the driveway of a home. Straight back out to Jonathan Siri joining us on the scene, Fox News correspondent, Jonathan Siri. So they don't know how to connect him to any victims. They don't know where he's going next. But I understand from what you're telling me, uh, at least one of the shootings was to get a new car and keep going. Yeah, one of the shootings was to was part of a carjacking. And then there was another separate carjacking where the victim was not injured. So at least two separate carjacking incidents as he tried to elude authorities. I'll never forget the first carjack murder case I tried. I went to the scene and was it was a, a, a teen, he's almost a man, he's like 19 years old, lying dead in the driveway. A neighbor had come over and put a pillow under his head as he was dying for his car. And, and I, I remember standing there thinking, he's dead over a car. But this guy, Jonathan Siri was shooting not to get the cars. That was not his purpose at all. I think, although the state doesn't need to prove a motive, I think it's got something to do with live streaming it. It seemed like he was taking salacious pleasure in this based on that live stream. And other than that one fatal carjacking, there really did not appear to be any theft motive or any logical reason that he would shoot any of these people, even for a criminal reason. What were the victims doing at the time they were shot, Jonathan Siri? Uh, it, it runs the gamut. They were everyday people doing everyday things. Uh, that one man in the auto parts store, a woman at a gas station, um, a man in his driveway. Uh, from what police are saying, it appears that they were just going about their daily lives like it were any other day until their lives were suddenly cut short, cruelly. You know, Jonathan Siri, um, just your words to me, just your words are scary. They're true. It's not like you're in a high crime area. It's not like you're doing anything nefarious, like buying dope or shooting up in your car out outside a, a you know, a, a street dope seller spot. I mean, these people were just having their regular life when out of the blue, along comes Ezekiel Kelly. May he rot in hell. And there was no warning to these people. A lot of this was happening before the police were connecting the crimes, Jonathan. And they didn't realize the same person was going all over Memphis gunning down innocent people so they couldn't even sound the alarm at the get-go. Yeah, a, a, exactly. And then when you had that rash of shootings in the late afternoon, everyone in Memphis is asking themselves, are just people going crazy? Are multiple shooters running loose on the city? And then police tied it to this one gunman. And understand, Nancy, that this city had already been on edge because of the murder of Eliza Fletcher, the beloved teacher and mother who was out jogging 
during the pre-dawn hours on Friday, minding her business, doing her regular routine, when suddenly this man drives up in an SUV, force her, forces her in it, and eventually murders her. And, uh, and they did make an arrest in that case. And just as it seemed that the city was tying the ends on this tragic, tragic murder, suddenly not just one other murder, but multiple murders going on in this city. You know, uh, Jonathan Siri, I'm so glad of your phraseology. I'm glad you put it that way, because if I hear one more person say, why was Eliza Fletcher out jogging at four o'clock in the morning? I'm going to chew a nail in half. You know what? I get up very often at 4.30, quarter five to get so much done before I take the children to school, before I get into the studio. It's the only way to do it. What, so it's somehow her fault she's out jogging at four o'clock in the morning? It's not. Why shouldn't she? And these people as well. I mean, you know why I think people do that, Jonathan? And of course, I'm not a shrink. I'm sure Angie Arnold is chomping at the bit. But I think people try to blame the victim because it makes them feel better and more secure themselves. Like, hey, that's not going to happen to me because I'm not going to jog at four o'clock in the morning or I'm not going to be in this area or I'm not going to do X, Y, Z. So I'm safe. I think that's why they attack the victims. We all want to say it can't happen to me. Nancy, I jog at 430 in the morning. I live in a somewhat dangerous part of Atlanta, but I feel like it is my right to jog in the morning, just as it should be anyone's right, regardless of whether they're a man or a woman. Jonathan Siri, do you live in Midtown? I, I used to live in Midtown. Now I'm in the East Atlanta area. Okay, I lived in Midtown the entire time I was prosecuting behind Mary Max, high traffic area, high crime area. Oh, yeah. Okay, back to Jonathan Siri and to the Memphis live stream killer, as he is being called. What more do we know about this guy? Take a listen to Jessica Gertler, W-R-E-G. I hope you're sitting down. I've been looking through um, our Shelby County Justice System portal, and we can tell that there's an Ezekiel Kelly listed. The date of birth matches the age police gave us. And based on that record, we see a case from February 3rd, 2020, meaning he would have been a juvenile when this happened, and he was transferred to adult court. Now, the charges were two criminal attempts, first-degree murder, aggravated assault, a gun charge, and reckless endangerment. Again, this would have happened when he was a juvenile. He transferred and he, uh, it looks like he pleaded guilty for a lesser charge in 2021. Now this doesn't list any details for us of what exactly happened. He uh, pleaded to a uh, lesser charge in 2021. He got three years and somehow is already out. My rear end, 2020. Okay, he's nearly 20 right now. That was two years ago. He was... 18 or almost 18 at the time he what Jonathan Siri as a lot of defendants I prosecuted like to say he caught a murder attempt he caught a murder charge what what ag assault gun charge reckless endangerment first degree murder two criminal murder attempts and he's out in 11 months Jonathan Siri did I get that right got that right yeah he um, he pled guilty to the lesser sentence of uh, aggravated assault and uh, sentenced to three years only served 11 months the mayor's fury oh blah 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 
The mayor's furious. Why isn't he furious last week? The same crap was going down, but now you got seven gunshot victims, and now he's furious. I mean, I'm glad he's furious, Jonathan Siri. But when a politician acts furious, I think that's just their way of getting reelected. No offense, mayor, but you know what? Talk is cheap. Do something. Do something about it, mayor. Okay, Daryl Cohen, have at it. It is not the victim's fault, but victims need to have their but, heads on a swivel. They need not to jog at 430 in the morning. Can you get off Eliza and get on what we're talking about right now? Get okay. with it. We're on the Memphis so live stream shooter who's gunning down people like the D.C. snipers. OK, they're just getting different, gas. Nancy. They're just at auto different, zone. Different. Uh-huh. different because the D.C. sniper was trying to hide himself until he was finally apprehended. This guy has a need for publicity. This guy is absolutely crazy and by kill and He's crazy not in a crazy. vicious way. Crazy vicious. What I want to know is how the hey, this guy's out in eleven months on that rack of charges he brought down on himself two years ago. That's when that went down. Eleven months he's out. Wow, is anybody surprised, Jonathan Siri? You know, they, there is so much frustration over sentencing right now. And this case is going to create a national discussion on sentencing reform, at least when it comes to violent criminals. Do these people deserve a second chance? Second verse, same as the first. Honey, you're preaching to the choir. (laughs) A national debate? Okay. Can you even imagine Congress having a national debate on this? People are getting gunned down. They're getting killed like flies. While Congress sits on their rear ends and does nothing. If you want people to stay in jail, you have to build jails. You have to be able to house them. The population has skyrocketed. So has the jail population. There's nowhere to put them. So they're getting out like a revolving door. And people are okay with that. People that are in power, not the people that are being gunned down. They're not down with it, but politicians are all fine with it. Maybe somebody will hear the Memphis mayor. But if I put money on it, I tell you, you'll be back to business as usual next week. Like these seven people were never shot. Okay, we're talking about Ezekiel Kelly, a a one-man crime wave, the so-called live stream Memphis serial killer, Take a listen to Police Director C.J. Davis. Memphis police officers spotted the Dodge Challenger northbound on Interstate 55 from State Line Road. A high-speed pursuit began. The pursuit terminated at Hodge Road and Ivan Road. The male driver, identified as Ezekiel Kelly, was taken into custody without incident by the Memphis Police Department in the Shelby County Sheriff's Office. Two weapons were visible inside the vehicle where Kelly was. The Homicide Division and other investigative units are actively working these crime scenes now. And numerous felony charges are pending. Okay, Jonathan Siri, Fox News correspondent, joining us. So he only stopped when there was a high-speed chase and he crashed. Is that what went down? Yeah, and they had the bolo out for the vehicle because he had stolen it in uh, in the second carjacking. So they knew exactly what vehicle they were looking for. Ended after the high-speed chase. And after all that violence, 
They apprehended him without incident, and one of the local news stations obtained a photo of him in the back of a squad car smiling at the camera. So uh, let me understand, Jonathan Siri. He's in his, what, now third car. He finally is in a high-speed chase. How did he get in the high-speed chase? Well, police were looking for a vehicle, the the last vehicle that he had carjacked. And then I don't know if officers spotted the vehicle or if they got a tip from someone on the highway. They spotted it when he realized they were following him. He sped up. And so that's how it became the high speed chase, which apparently ended in a, a, a minor crash. You know, what's amazing, Jonathan Sierra, if you hadn't thought of this already, just watch it as you go about your illustrious career. The good people get killed, and the a-holes somehow manage to live. Like, he has a minor crash, and he gets out, and he's smiling. I mean, like a big old uh, beauty contest, miscongeniality smile. For the cameras. For the cameras. Uh, Speaking of for the cameras, what exactly was he live streaming? What portions of his murder rampage was he streaming? So the portion on the live stream was where he was walking into that business, the auto zone, and uh, and just making some violent commentary as he was walking in, lots of expletives. And then he goes in the store and you see him confronting this man in the distance, pulling up his, his handgun and, and, and opening fire. And it, it was just, it was probably, well, Actually, I don't want to compare it to any of the others. I'm sure they were all shocking. It's just that this one happened to be documented. Uh, And his ranting. What was he ranting about? What's his problem, Jonathan Siri? It didn't make sense. He was saying things like, this is the real deal. It seems more like he was craving attention rather than he had any kind of a coherent manifesto. And and again, his victims just randomly targeted. In one case, a, a woman was killed and it appears that her children were were nearby just wailing i didn't know that jonathan sir you just told me something else i didn't already know one of the women that he shot her children were there yeah we couldn't confirm that it was the children but there were children there they were wailing and it was kind of assumed by many on the scene that they were were close to her probably her children it appeared that they had a very strong connection to her jonathan siri joining me from fox news you know, I often wonder how am I going to put the foot, my next foot ahead of me after I work cases like this. Jonathan Siri, you got to keep going, man. Let me quickly go to Joe Scott Morgan, professor of forensic at Jacksonville State University and author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon. Star of a new hit series, Body Bags with Joe Scott Morgan on iHeart and beyond. Uh, Joe Scott, just thinking back, uh, to cases I've handled where there have been multiple victims, multiple locations, multiple crime scenes, primary, secondary, tertiary crime scenes. Okay, we just imagine this, Joe Scott Morgan, in your worst nightmare, that this live stream is suppressed somehow, or we lose it, or it doesn't come into evidence. How in the H-E-L-L can you tell me we're going to prove this case Based on the crime scenes, hit it. Well, yeah. Hey, Nancy, that uh, that that video is not going to be lost. Uh, I've I've seen it in other locations. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. That's what you yeah. think, right? 
That's what you think. No, I, I go I, ahead. I, I know. I know that it won't. Let's just pretend in the real in the real world where somehow things get lost in the evidence room. Just tell me how I can prove this case without the video. I love the video. That'd be state's exhibit number one. But you got to have a backup yeah, plan, a plan B. So what's the plan B? How can we prove this without the video? Well, he's using, obviously, the same weapon as he's moving from scene to scene to scene. So ballistics. Yes, ballistics. So the, the rounds that pass through these poor people, these innocent victims, can all be tied back to that weapon. Also, in addition to that, all of this the spent ammunition, the spent brass that'll be laying back, those are going to have particular striations on them that you can identify. And also the weapon itself. You know, you begin to think about how did he come into contact with this weapon? From whom did he purchase it? And you look at stuff like the provenance of the weapon. You know, from where did it emerge? Whose hand can you put to it? Who purchased the weapon? That sort of thing is also going to be. And then, you know, he's jumping from multiple vehicle to multiple vehicle perpetrating these things. His DNA, his fingerprints, those things that are unique to him are going to be found in each one of those vehicles. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a slam dunk case for a prosecutor. It's evidence rich. What about fingerprints off of a fired shell casing? Uh, potentially. Sometimes it's a hit or miss. Uh, proposition. You can get it, but you have to keep in mind as well uh, that when that fingerprint is transferred onto the, the surface, that smooth brass surface, it's a heated environment during that, you know, the explosion of the round going mm-hmm, off. Mm-hmm. And that can be compromised as well. And plus, you don't know, you know, fingerprints are generated. They're left behind as a result of transfer of fatty lipids from the fingertips. So if he has dry skin, for instance, Sometimes you won't even be able to recover a print. People think that you're going to recover a print every time out of the gate, and that's not necessarily always the case. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Okay, so we're going to have ballistics match up because when you shoot bullets out of the same gun, and this guy clearly took ammo with him. Just imagine that, everybody. Uh, what about that intent right there? Daryl Cohen, former prosecutor, now civil attorney. Daryl Cohen, he had to take the gun and the ammo from car to car to car. And he would carjack this car, then that car, then that car. He had to take his weapons and his ammo with him. There is intent. And he might as well have intent. Mens rea, malice of forethought, written, stamped on his forehead. Nancy, he had intent written all over his body. He had viciousness all over his body. He needed the publicity. He is vicious. And you know what? He went to, I believe, two gasoline stations and committed those crimes. If you think the price of gas is high, the price that he is going to pay will be even higher, hopefully. He had two weapons. Um, uh, Dave Mack, is Dave Mack with us? CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Dave Mack, thank you for joining uh, Jonathan Siri. Dave Mack, didn't he have two weapons in the car? He did. Uh, from everything we understand at this point, although they're not releasing a lot of the information that will be coming out, but yes, the uh, he apparently had two weapons, and he had ammunition, as you just pointed out. I understand he was posting the whole time under the name Zeke Honcho. Who the hell is Zeke Honcho? Zeke Honcho was his Facebook uh, 
uh, handle. Page. Yeah, his handle, and that's where it was, Zeke Huncho. And that was they were able to uh, find out at the very first shooting that happened at 12:56 a.m. Um, that was uh, where the beginning of the Zeke Huncho, and then actually identifying him correctly as Ezekiel Kelly. Zeke Huncho. Well, it's not the first time that a killer has live streamed their own crimes. Take a listen to our friends at CBS. And this is about the Buffalo shooting that took so many minority lives. Listen. The widely popular live streaming service Twitch, which is owned by Amazon, has confirmed it was their service the suspect used to live broadcast the shootings. Officials say from the moment the suspect, 18-year-old Peyton Gendron, pulled into the Tops Market parking lot, he was live streaming what he was doing. He exited his vehicle. He was very heavily armed. He had tactical gear. He had a tactical helmet on. He had a camera that he was live streaming. Officials believe the camera was attached somewhere on that tactical gear Gendron was wearing. Twitch, the service he was live streaming on, has removed the suspect's channel. And in a statement, a spokesperson says, We are devastated to hear about the shooting that took place this afternoon in Buffalo, New York. Our hearts go out to the community impacted by this tragedy. Twitch has a zero tolerance policy against violence of any kind. Let me go straight out to Dr. Angela Arnold joining me uh, out of the Atlanta jurisdiction from growing up in Memphis. Dr. Angie, the Buffalo shooter claimed multiple lives and he had multiple guns, just like the Memphis live stream shooter. He actually attached the camera to himself so he could catch every minute detail of his mass murders. What is that? So, Nancy, these people are, they are craving attention. And if they're not going, and they want the notoriety of what they're doing, okay? And and I think that all, that's why we have copycats. That's why when these people are mass murdered and they're on the TV, and we keep bringing up Eliza Fletcher, who was found just the other day, don't you have to wonder if there was some sort of copycatting going on with this guy in Memphis. He saw this other perpetrator get all of this attention, and now maybe he was, maybe he wanted some attention. Because it's very interesting to me how these come in the same town on the heels of each other. Cleotha Abstin, yes. You know, another thing, what about that big smile he mm-hmm. put on in the back of the cop car? What was that? He got the attention he wanted, and it was very pleasing to him. But let's not confuse that with insanity, because that does not make him insane. I am quite sure that there are people thinking, oh, well, he's just as crazy as a Betsy bug. He's insane. That is not an indication that he is insane. Oh, no, no, not at all. No, he was very pleased with what he did, and he was getting the attention that he craved. Because for all we know, he was watching everything that was going on a few days ago, and he wanted a piece of that action. Daryl Cohen joining me, former prosecutor of nothing but felonies in the same office with me. Now defense attorney, you can find him on Twitter at Daryl B. Cohen. Daryl, you know what I love? I love mugshots. I love them. And I love photos taken at the scene. Have you seen these two photos of the Memphis live stream shooter? 
He's got the biggest smile, like freaky big smile in the back of the squad car. But then in his mug shot, he's got a smile. What did they call the guy, Jackie? Um, he was a felon. And everybody else thought he was really good looking. Then he went and struck up a relationship with a millionaire's daughter. Oh, the teardrop. Oh, uh, ugh. They call him the hot felon, right? Yes. Hot felon. Jeremy something. That's the pose. He's striking a pose, Daryl Cohen. And I absolutely cannot wait, wait for a jury to see him smiling after he has gunned down seven Memphis innocent civilians. One working at AutoZone, like my little nephew. Uh, somebody getting into their car in the driveway. Somebody getting gas. A woman with her children. That, yeah. How's that going to look, Daryl Cohen? I think it's wonderful, Nancy. He convicted himself when the prosecutor shows one of those photos and then the second one to the jury. And the argument is not only did he do this, but he loved what he did. So let's love him back and give him the death penalty. Let's love him back and see that we gave him more than he gave us because he has ruined not just the victims' lives, but their families' lives. And they will never, ever be able to forget this. Never. So let's get even and do more to him than he did to them. I don't know if there is any way to get even because I know as a crime victim myself, your life will never, ever be the same. Seven people have been shot in Memphis. A mother, dad, a child, somebody's child. You never make a comeback from that. You might trudge forward in life. You may find a way to not think about it every single day. I don't think we can ever fully pay Ezekiel Dijon Kelly back. If it's any consolation to anybody, I predict he'll have a choice, ultimately. The needle or the chair. Goodbye for now.